You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two, The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the bottom of the hour. You heard it last week, you'll hear it again this week, a new edition of Brody on the Beat, where our technical director, Alex Brody, bravely goes out in the streets of Calgary and gets the pulse of the Calgary, takes the pulse of the Calgary sports. Man, he's so brave. He's out there putting his hands on people's necks, making sure the pulse is good. Yep. I can't wait to hear Brody on the beat today. I'm really pumping this up. (laughs) And we asked asked a very softball question. Yeah. Oh, Very softball question. Easy peasy. And we asked it, what, was he outside the the big old bar? Yeah, he was. He was outside of the dome, and we asked uh, our listeners, you know, what is... uh, What's one activity you'd like to to do with head coach Daryl Sutter? I, I think that's simple enough, fun and innocent enough. Um, new arena deal potentially. Uh, good news on a new arena deal, maybe. Um, if in fact the Flames build a new barn, what would you like to see in the new arena? Something fun, creative. Nine sixty nine sixty, name and location. But first. He's our Sportsnet 960 NHL insider, Frank Servali, brought to you by South Trailer Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailerChrysler.com. From the NHL... What? South Trail Chrysler. Did you mistake that? Yeah, it is South Trail. My apologies to the good people at South Trail Chrysler. I promise you I'm a professional slash mediocre broadcaster. Somebody who's not mediocre at all and is a total pro. Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff. Frank, how are you? I'm good, guys. Good morning. How's it going? Good. Um, we're, we're, we heard yesterday, potentially, there's some good news on the horizon when it comes to a new arena for the Calgary Flames. Things are maybe headed in a positive direction. How important is this? Frank, I know a lot of people in this city maybe don't want to hear about, you know, what what's the long-term future of the Flames if they don't build a new arena, but they got to build this barn pretty damn soon, right? I would think so. I mean, look, just being back at the Saddle Dome last year for the first time in a couple of years for the Battle of Alberta was a reminder to me of how far, you know, the Saddle Dome, how dated it feels. Like, it, you know, it, it's it's kind of amazing, not just the fan experience, but also the team experience for both the home team and the visitor. It's vastly different than what you'd find in just about any other NHL market. And it's funny, you know, just thinking back to how the wheels fell off on the negotiations. Like I, I just, they had gotten so close and, you know, it, it over a seemingly very, it's easy for me to say, but over a seemingly very small amount of money, the fact that the Flames tried to strong-arm the city into into paying more uh, for ancillary costs that build up, it just it seemed like a silly thing to lose the deal over then, and and it's almost like they did it in spite of themselves. Like for whatever that would have cost to get this done and get steel and shovels in the ground, like come on now, you got to do it for for your franchise, for your fans, and frankly for your own business opportunities because you open that arena. You're, you're not just putting butts in seats for a while for people who are curious to check it out. You're selling more. You've got more opportunities on your concourses, concessions, parking, uh, all those different things that come with it, merchandise, that I think is really important to the Calgary Flames and Calgary Sports Entertainment's bottom line. 
Where where do you think the the style of the building lands when players are kind of making their decision as far as free agency goes? Because we did see you know three players sign long term with the Flames despite the current building that they're in. But when you're talking to certain players, like where does that usually land for them? Probably like fourth on the yeah. list. And practice facility matters too. Don't kid yourself. It's not just mm-hmm. the, the game arena. Um, the practice facility a lot of times is where you spend more time. So unless the Flames are planning to, to spend all their time practicing there too, which is a possibility, um, that matters. So I'd say it's usually like dollars first or with some very rare and special cases, chance to win first and then dollars second. Then it's it's coach and city slash environment. And then next is arena and, and confines and comfort and convenience. So those things all factor in. It's, you know, sort of like the classic checklist as you're, you know, you know, pros and cons as you're going down the list. And I'd imagine for a while now, given how outdated the building is that that's certainly been a negative in terms of when people are trying to size up where Calgary fits in. Uh, Frank, we've been talking about the schedule and how weird it is that the Flames uh, open the season three games and then eight in a row at home, and then they go on this massive road trip as well. I know the Coyotes are dealing with the same thing, the Arizona State Coyotes, because their tiny arena is getting fixed up for the NHL. But just competitive balance-wise, how does that make any sense that the Flames are playing eight home games early on in the season, and then they got to go on this monstrous road trip? I get building availabilities are all included in that, but isn't this something the league should really investigate? Because it just doesn't feel like that's fair. How do you think the St. Louis Blues feel right now? They just played their second game of the season last night. Like, the schedule is is wacky in general. Some teams have played five games already. Um, you know, when you look at it, it's it's hard to get worked up about something like that, and I know you're, you're trying. Um, <laughs> in some cases, they're trying to fulfill a lot of requests at once. Like, I actually feel terrible – for Steve Hotzapetros, that's the name of the guy who's the schedule maker for the NHL. That guy's got the hardest job in the league. He's getting it from all angles at all times. And you have wacky requests like the one Arizona placed, which is like, hey, we don't really want to play any home games at all until January, if you don't mind. Like That's more or less what their schedule request was as, as their annex was getting completed for their facilities at Arizona State. They play four, and then they go back out on a massive road trip again, and then they're really not home until December. Like, if you have that, think about how that God. affects the rest of the matrix in the Western Conference. Like, it becomes difficult, and at some point, some team is going to end up with an imbalance somewhere that no one is really thrilled about. But I think if you're the Calgary Flames, like, you sit there and you go, okay, we've got eight games in a row at home. Like, we got to make hay here. We, we need to – you know, put some wins on the board before we go out on the road and things get a little bit more difficult. Speaking of putting wins on the board, the Flames have done three since we last spoke. What have you made of the on-ice product for the group? It's been impressive. Like, the Flames, despite all the changes that have been made, have picked up more or less right where they left off in the regular season. And to see it all come together has been really interesting. Uh, To see the goaltending splits, it's been fascinating to see that. Um, and to see Dan Vladar get the, the Battle of Alberta. Um, and I think that's going to be a storyline to watch as we continue on, is not just Jacob Markstrom's workload, but also 
how Vladar plays if he's going to be getting more games. Um, and then, you know, I, I saw and, and started to see some comments about, hey, is like the top line really, you know, is it getting things done the way that they should? And I just think of all the changes that were made. And, like, of course, not everything's going to be seamless. But to get off to this kind of role, to see um, just about everyone in your forward core participate and get in on the action, uh, to keep your goals against down, I think it's eight and three games, and to get Nazem Kadri, for instance, you know, fully acclimated right away, huge bonus. And I think there's plenty of room for everyone else to grow. Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider at Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler, uh, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I know, Frank, uh, there's talk here, maybe adding another top six winger to this group. When is that time frame where things really heat up? Is it after U.S. Thanksgiving feels like the traditional time for NHL GMs to really kind of figure out what they have? It's, it's definitely closer to that because it's too early right now. And I can tell you how I know it's too early because I've been beating the pants off of sources around the league trying to get information. <laughs> and they're like, Le- leave me alone. I, I don't have anything. Like It's so <laughs> quiet right now. And I, I feel bad. But you know what? That's, that's the way this business goes on the insider end. Um, and there's just really not a ton happening in terms of players and player transaction. You've got – some teams that are still figuring out, okay, what is our team? Where are our holes? You've got other teams that know where their holes are and have no cap space. And then you've got other teams that don't have any clue what they need and, and are still sifting through it. So um, it's, it's a hodgepodge, and, and certainly there have been some disappointing um, starts in, in that sense where the pressure, I think, and the temperature has ratcheted up. Um, other than that, um, it's it's been very, very quiet out there. Is there a name potentially that could be had on the wing that maybe is flying under the radar that we're not talking enough about? Honestly, no one's really jumping out at me at the moment. Um, like, I think there's a whole list of players, like, especially as you get closer to the trade deadline, where, you know, just take a team like, the Montreal Canadiens, for instance, like they're not trying to be competitive this season. Um, they've got a whole host of forwards that are in the last year of their deals that are, they're hoping play really well so that they have nice flippable assets at the deadline. I'll give you a couple of examples in Jonathan Drouin and Evgeny Dadnov. Um, you know, they're in spots where with their $5 million cap hits, if they're productive players and you're able to send those cap hits through two different teams to acquire them essentially for 20% or 25%. So you're looking at a, a million and a half bucks or something like that. Those cap hits become really affordable. And those are nice pieces for, for the Habs to move on from as they get closer to free agency. So those are a couple wingers that I'll give you an example of that. I think the Habs and other teams have their eye on like, okay, how well are these players playing and can they be a fit somewhere else uh, at some point on another wing? Wanted to ask you about the Maple Leafs. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, some pretty strong comments after a couple of games. Then he walks them back a little bit yesterday. You have Jake Muzzin hitting the IR with another neck injury, which doesn't look good. Um, what would you say about the state of the Maple Leafs just a handful of games into the season? I'd say it speaks to the pressure that a lot of teams and coaches are feeling like you see the comment from 
Bruce Boudreaux and calling his team mentally weak. You see the comment from Miles Wood in New Jersey about his team after one game losing to the Flyers on opening night before their home game, their home opener has even been played. He called it a must win and they lost like it's October. It was like October 13th and we're talking about a must win. And then Sheldon Keefe, you know, saying the difference between our team and the Arizona Coyotes is we have elite players and our player, our elite players aren't playing elite. Like these teams are facing serious pressure to get off to, to strong starts, to manage expectations, to meet expectations. And in some cases it's not happening. And so when you have that sort of, and I don't even think it's fair to say listless start uh, for a team like the Maple Leafs, but you have a start where your big guns aren't firing on all cylinders that becomes difficult and you've, you're dealing with injuries. Matt Murray leaves and is gone for a month or more. You've got a situation on the, on the back end with Jake Muzzin and who knows what's going to happen with his neck injury. And all of a sudden, like you, you see those things and they start to weigh against you and, and you're fired up, but it's not the first time Sheldon Keefe had done that this season. He sort of teed off on them after the loss to the Montreal Canadiens where he wasn't happy. So it's been interesting to watch. I'd imagine, you know, at some point he'll begin to try and turn the temperature down instead of increase it. But the problem with that is when you're a coach and you say those things after a game, you've essentially given you, me, everyone else who does this for a living permission to talk about it because clearly the coach feels the same way that a lot of the fan base does. Mm. And it just becomes this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy that spirals that it has made for fantastic fodder, but in the end, I don't know that it's really helping the Montreal Canadiens or the New Jersey Devils or the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Frank, how hot is the seat on Sheldon Keefe? Because I was always in, in, in the camp of he's tied to Kyle Dubas. That's Kyle Dubas's guy. He wanted Sheldon Keefe to coach the team he wanted on the ice and the style he wants to play. When you have a name like Barry Trotz floating around out there, I'm sure the Maple Leafs could pay him a ton of money if they wanted to be their head coach. How hot is that seat for Sheldon Keefe or his future is ultimately going to be determined by what the team does in the playoffs? I don't get the sense that it's that warm, um, be, partly because of that relationship and partly because it's so early for a team that I think we're forgetting last year stumbled out of the gate too. Like what were the Leafs two and five to start? And all of a sudden, you know, we were like, well, what's going to happen with the Leafs? Who's on the hot seat? you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they go on and didn't they set a record for most points that they've ever accumulated in a season? Like, so I think that's another reminder of really how early it is. They had 115 points last year after starting two and five. Like these things do happen. Sometimes it does take, you know, even teams that probably even feel a little bit like the regular season doesn't matter as much, given that everything for them matters as to what happens in the playoffs. Um, that I think, you know, maybe there's, a reason for the slow start. And uh, I just, I think if, if anything, there's not heat on Sheldon Keefe. I think there's probably more heat on Kyle Dubas in the sense that look at some of these off season transactions, Matt Murray was counted on to be a big part of this team's season. Jake Muzzin has struggled with injury the last few years and hasn't been adequately replaced on their blue line. And their blue line has in some eyes already appeared to be thin, even with Muzzin in the lineup. So I think those things probably are, are, are creating more pressure than anything the coach is or isn't doing. 
How do you think Sheldon Keefe's comments in regards to, you know, we got star players, the Coyotes don't, how do you think those comments went over in other NHL circles? Because when the Leafs coach says something like that, other teams hear it too. I don't know. They probably laughed and were like, oh, it's true. I mean, because it is true. You you guys just refer to them as the Arizona State Coyotes. Like, like another team not even trying to be good. Like, doesn't, like, does not want to be good. Has players, like, legitimately, I do this for a living, and they had, like, a couple guys in their lineup the other night that I was like, I have never heard of that player, and I've never seen him play before. And maybe that's an admission on my part that I need to be better at my job, but maybe it's just an admission on their part that they're like, who, who are these guys? Mm. Yeah. Phone mm. up on your coyote, sir, Volley. Okay. You better, we'll test you next week. Hey, they still got that point streak going in Toronto. Mat- I'll tell you yeah. who it was too. It was the Matias Macelli guy. I was like, really? Like I've never, <laughs> I do not, I don't know who that is. Well, we, we go from one team that has no interest in winning to a team that wants to start stringing wins together as they're heading towards respectability, the team that's in town tonight, the Buffalo Sabres, what's your read on that team? And how much different do they look, A, getting rid of the black cloud that was Jack Eichel, and B, having Don Granato behind the bench? I think it's changed everything. And it's not necessarily all Eichel being gone, but they clearly love Don Granato. Like, and to get an extension when he wasn't even in the last year of his deal, I think speaks wonders to the job that he's done with this team and also um, the impact in changing that outlook. Because when you hear Kevin Adams talk before the season started about how they've found that other players, because, you know, sometimes, you know, it's no secret, players talk around the league. They know who's good to play for and who's a pain in the arse. And in this case, some players have ended up in Buffalo specifically because or inquired about the ability to end up in Buffalo despite all that they've been through because of Don Granato and the work that he's done. So um, I think that's been a huge part of it. Part of it is you got to get guys that want to be there and they're going to, they're going to compete. I still think that their roster as it's assembled at this moment is not conducive to, you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs when you, you know, and, and their goalies have actually played pretty well to this point already between Comrie and between Craig Anderson who's 41 but I don't think that's a recipe for success to, to be a playoff team. And I think they kind of looked at this past summer and didn't go wild in terms of um, trying to acquire pieces and sign players in a big way because they're looking at everyone else loading up and they're saying maybe the time isn't quite yet. But for the first time in a long time, I'm feeling confident and I think there's a confidence in other people around the league that this team is, is sort of finally heading in the right direction. Saw a pretty busy day for the infirmary yesterday, uh, Frank. We talked about Jake Muzzin already, but Gabe Landeskog announced he'll miss 12 weeks. Aaron Ekblad placed on LTIR, not expected to be a season-ending injury, but still something long. And then Connor Brown in Washington, and then Jacob Vrana also in the NHL-NHLPA player assistance program. But did anything kind of stand out from four really good players, five of you include Muzzin, hitting the shelf yesterday? Yeah, it was, it was a lot to take in. I mean... Landis Cog, probably the biggest impact, um, no doubt. I mean, you look at the Colorado team is going to be interesting in the sense that they clearly have so much talent to continue to be competitive. Um, but when you start to take a number of those pieces out between Landis Cog and between Kadri being in Calgary and Burakovsky being in Seattle, like 
they're totally different. And so they've got some work to do, I think, in order to, to get back to the level that they've been at. And they're going to need to grind a little bit in order to make that happen. Uh, they've also given up a lot of goals to this point, 14 in their first four games, that I'm sure they need to ratchet down a little bit defensively. But Landis Cog stands out for sure. Um, and the Ekblad one just hurts. I mean, you guys having him now and seeing him even for just a few games in Calgary, not having Mackenzie Weger now, they're really flirting with disaster on their back end. And that's that was potentially to be expected if, if Ekblad did go down with injury again. I saw a report yesterday that with Ekblad, it's a grade two groin strain. And I did check in with the Panthers and, and they confirmed, you know, not season ending or anything like that. But we're looking at at least a month, maybe more than that. And for a blue line that some had already described as thin, taking out a player like Ekblad and, and putting in Lucas Carlson and Matt Kierstead, like that's, you know, you've got your work cut out for you. And, uh, you know, just speaking to someone in the Panthers organization yesterday, he said, you know, we're going to be a really fun team to watch these next few weeks because it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Frank, before I let you go, we've been taking uh, some listener texts on if and when the Flames build a new arena, what's something fun uh, they'd like to have in the arena? And of all the new barns you've been to in the NHL, what's kind of like some of the cool things you've seen that maybe Flames fans should keep an eye out for? I don't know if it's necessarily fun, but it's pretty awesome. I've seen it in Seattle, and I saw it. Uh, I see it in airports a lot, but they have the new thing where you kind of like swipe your card and you enter this concession stand, but there's no wait to leave. Whatever you pick up, you don't need to check out at the end. You just pick it up and walk out with it, and it just charges your card. It's this like feels like we're living in like 2030, but um, <laughs> you, you know, you pick up a beer out of the cooler, you pick up a snack, and you just leave, and it takes care of itself. You don't have to wait, and that's what I think the key is: is like watch the game instead of standing in line. Yeah, that that's that 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 would be awesome here in the city. It's of like Calgary. those super fancy grocery stores it's, nowadays without yeah. any humans in the, them. The grab and go. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's awesome. Uh, our sports at nine sixty insider Frank Servali from uh, Daily Faceoff, NHL insider Frank. Great stuff. We'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, and Frank Servali brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit South Trail Chrysler. Dot com. I love me some South Trail Chrysler. I'm still taking your text, 960, 960. Maybe they have trailers. Maybe. Um, name and location. What's something fun you'd like in the arena? I think we'll do that at the end of the show, too, after we talk to Ross Tucker. Sure. Yeah, Being I love that. Thursday night or look ahead to week seven of the National Football Maybe League. he's some, seen some cool things in some NFL barns that we can uh, post. Yeah, because uh, it would be great. Uh, if and when the flames, the shovels hit the ground, we see when the new arena is happening. Eric Francis going to join us at the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to talk about his uh, annual pizza pig out that's coming up, and we'll get his take on what is what's the chances here. When is when when do we potentially see construction begin? <laughs> is it close? Is it going to happen? I'm sure Eric Francis will have um, some information on that. NFL big bets straight ahead. Why did I stop? Producer you Patrick. Producer Patrick, to the table. producer Patrick, uh, trying to try to go six and zero again. I don't want to go tune to into that. And then Brody on the beat, Sounds... our technical director Alex Brody, got put his finger on the pulse of the Calgary sports fan and mm-hmm. went out to ask Calgarians if you could do an activity with Flames head coach Daryl Sutter, what would it be? That's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan.
Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Straight ahead, the franchise going to join us in studio. He's bringing some pizza, apparently. We're all excited. I didn't have breakfast yeah, today. I mean, either. I'm very I skipped hungry. it. Wow. Because last time <laughs> I came in for this event, I only had like two slices. Then I was chocked full of Zaw. So I've emptied out my legs so and my you, guts. Are you gonna? Are you both going to eat? And producer Patrick joining us in the studio right now. Hey, Patrick. Um, hey. Are you guys both going to eat like you just got out of jail? Is that what you're just trying to tell me? Yeah, prison yeah, rules. We'll yeah, see. We'll see what's up. Right. Okay. I, I am totally okay with eating pizza in the morning. Yeah. I'm the psycho who drinks like a Coke Zero first hey. thing in the morning because I'm a weirdo. You it's know what? When probably, you get up at this time, that this yeah. is it's, it's lunchtime almost. So. It is. Oh yeah. Well, like when I have sandwiches <laughs> at like nine thirty in the morning, people are like, "It's breakfast. What are you doing?" I'm like, "I've been up for yeah. six hours." Yeah. Dude, like, what have you done? You, what man. have you done with your day? <laughs> yeah. How about that? And then you have that sweet, sweet afternoon nap. Um, we'll talk to Eric Francis, uh, Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports, joining us too. Tee up uh, the Saints and Cardinals. Uh, we're also taking your text messages nine sixty nine sixty. Maybe a new arena is going to be built. We're, we're starting to hear news that potentially things are heading in that direction. If and when the Flames do build a new barn, what would you like? Something fun or creative? 960, 960, name and location. We'll read some of those texts after Ross Tucker. But first, it's our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues and for a limited time, better odds on over, under, and point spread. Build your ticket at sportselect.com. Spread it on. The spread. What a spread. Before they spread. Spread your legs. Spread your legs. Spread it around. Spread your wings. Spread it back. Um, Patrick Dumas should spread the love to our listeners yeah. again after going a spectacular Glad you said love. Um, <laughs> six and oh last week. Uh, if you jump on one of us uh, as a pony here. Uh, ride with one of us. Uh, on the text line? Yeah, on the text line, 960-960. Pick either myself, Matty Rose, Patty Dumont. Uh, we're giving away this beautiful Opeachy John Carter oh. hockey card. We're tweeting it out at Sportsnet 960. Uh, in 1990-91, John Carter played 50 games for the Boston Bruins, had four goals, seven assists, 11 points, and 68 penalty grinder. John Carter. Just right in the meat grinder. John Carter hockey card up for grabs in our NFL Big Bet segment. And stay tuned for Brody on the Beat, where our technical director, Alex Brody, uh, went to the streets of Calgary to ask Calgarians, uh, what activity would you like to do with Flames head coach Daryl Sutter? But first, good ones. week seven Big Bets or six pack. Kick things off with the Thursday nighter tonight. Saints at Cardinals, Arizona minus three. The total 43 and a half. Which way are you leaning here, Matty Rose? Man, I'm leaning the under here. The under treated me really well last week, so that's what I'm thinking. If you look at the way Thursday nights have gone, we've had one really good game that hit the over, but apart from that, a lot of unders, especially recently. I think a lot of the pressure of these primetime games to start the weeks is kind of get into these guys and oh on top of that Arizona hasn't been scoring a ton of points this year they'll get back to Andre Hopkins but nevertheless I'm taking 43 and a half I'm taking the under okay I like it what do you got Patty Dubois? yeah the under on Thursday nights is five and one this year so far and I don't like either of these offenses I know Arizona's getting back DeAndre Hopkins New Orleans could have Jameis Winston back but he's a game time decision I, I like the numbers not great. I like the under that 43 and a half. I think it's going to be a struggle for both teams to score. Uh, I like the Saints getting the three points. Okay. The Cardinals have been terrible at home lately, and they're yeah, they one are. and seven against the number. 
in their last eight home games. This thing just moved before we came on to do the big bets. It yeah. was two and a half. Mm-hmm. Now it's moved to three. That's a big half point like on such yeah. a key number. I will take the Saints and a very good defense or a good defense against a Cardinals team that's super suspect and can't get to the quarterback. I'll take the Saints getting three points. Let's move on. It's an AFC South showdown. Colts at Titans. Tennessee minus two and a half the total. 42 and a half. What you got, Maddie? I'm going the under again. Might be a bit of a common theme this week. Look Listen, at you guys. Two, the sharp side, the under. Look at you guys. Two of the three meetings, two of the three last meetings between these two clubs have hit the under. The last time, they just hit it. 43 points. The total was set at 43 and a half. They've been under their total in four of their last five games played against other opponents as well. Neither of these teams is scoring at a rate that I think people thought that they were going to when you looked at arguably the two best running backs in the league, some pretty good receivers when you looked around. I'm taking the under here as well, under 42 and a half. All right, you're no fun. <laughs> what do you got, Patty Dumont? Uh, you know, the, I like uh, I like the Titans to cover that number of two and a half. Uh, they've covered their last three. Uh, they're 4-0 against the spread after a bye under Mike Brabel. And I think the Titans' offense is slowly starting to figure it out here. I think you they mean hand get... the ball to Derrick Henry. Exactly, it's not <laughs> okay. hard. It's not hard. You All just right. have to do that. Uh, and they're playing really good defense. I like them at home. And uh, the last time they faced Jonathan Taylor, when Taylor was healthy, they held him to 42 yards. So could be getting Taylor back today uh, on Sunday. But I, I like Tennessee. I think they're figuring it out. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they're coming off the bye. I'm going to take the Teton. Yeah, minus two and a half. Uh, the Colts have been terrible against the number against uh, Tennessee lately. 0 and four against the spread in the last four meetings. And the favorite is a scorching 14 and six against the number Ooh. in the last 20 meetings between these two teams. Give me the Teton. Minus two and a half. All right. Browns at Ravens, an AFC North battle in Charm City. Ravens minus six and a half. The total's 45 and a half. What you got, Matty Rose? You know what the Browns do in this division? When they play divisional games, they lose. They poop their pants. I don't like what the Browns do anytime it's a big game that they probably need to win. And for that reason, I am taking Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, I did think about going the under, but apparently it's no fun. So I wanted to switch it up. We'll take the uh, Ravens minus six and a half. Only a touchdown. I believe the Lamar Jackson can do that after uh, a not great game for them last week. A little bit of a bounce back at home. Okay. Uh, Cleveland's five and one this year uh, in games that go over the total, but Baltimore's zero and three in games that go under. Uh, you know, so something is uh, gonna. Something's got to break here. Uh, I don't. I don't like Cleveland right now. I thought they could sustain themselves until Watson came back, but. What New England did to them last week was just unbelievable. I could not. I, uh, Bailey Zappi doing that to them. Uh, Cleveland is, they're not a great team, and their defense is not as good as I thought it was going to be. I like the I like the Ravens to do the to cover the six and a half. Uh, I, I couldn't be any more opposite right now. Uh, and again, I've been terrible on inside the lines and here so far. So it's fade Russick hard. <laughs> But I I can't lay the Ravens as a six and a half point favorite. They've blown games Mm -hmm. all season, especially in the fourth quarter. And they're 0 and 4, uh, 0 3 and 1 against the number in their last four home games, and 1 and 5 against the number against a team with a losing record. But the the Ravens can't seal the deal against anybody. Their secondary is super weak. Give me the Cleveland Brownies and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and that rushing attack. Careful with that name. Yeah, that's tough. I'll take the Cleveland Browns getting six and a half points. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. It's our NFL best bet segment brought to you by Sports Select. Game number four, the surprising New York football Jets at those 
Maddie's favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos. Dangerous. Denver's minus two, totals <laughs> 38 and a half. Maddie, which way are you going? Bro, I wouldn't let Russ Wilson cook a pizza pop <laughs> in my apartment. Let Russ cook. I am done with this guy. He doesn't even make his own sandwiches. He doesn't. I get Subway to do it for him. Subway to do it for him. Let Russ cook. Yeah, right. I'm taking the under again. Um, Listen, Garrett Wilson was great for the first few weeks when Zach Wilson was not playing quarterback for the Jets, and Zach Wilson came back. And Garrett Wilson's been quiet ever since. And to me, he's arguably the best weapon. Brees Hall also there, but you're not using your best receiver. How are you going to put up all the points? It's low total, 38 and a half, but I'm still riding the under here. All right, Patty Dumont, what do you got? The Jets are the second team in the Super Bowl era to have a winning record through their first six games and be an underdog in all of them. Wow. Again, they're an That's underdog nice again this week. I don't like Russell Wilson. He's not right as a player or a human, really. I don't know what's going on wow. with that. Okay. The Sim is broken. You know, he's, he's not himself. He's so he's, he's not he's synthetic. He's, no, he's, he's Mr. Not, Unlimited. It's, it's his uh, alter ego. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the Broncos, yeah, they, they do better at home, but I, I like the Jets. I mean, what they did to Green Bay, with the way they can run that ball, their defense is unbelievable. Quinn and Williams made Aaron Rodgers' life a living hell. I think the Jets are for real. I like Robert Sala. I think the Jets can cover that, too. All right. Uh, I like the over in this. 38 and a half seems like a little light. The Broncos' offense is sort of waking up against a, a Jets' defense. That's It's been good. Sauce Gardner's been absolutely mm-hmm. locked down, shut down corner so far for the Jets. But you can you can pass on on the Jets as long as it isn't towards Sauce Gardner's side. And um, I like the total, 38 and a half here. Uh, the over has been kind of good lately for the Jets. Six and one in their last seven games in, Oct- in October. The over's flown over the total. So I'm going to take the over here, 38 and a half, because honestly, this is the, probably the toughest game on the card for me because I don't really, I'm not really a believer too much in the Jets. And I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of the Broncos. So I'm just going to hope for points. I'm going to take the over. 38 and a half for Mr. Unlimited and the Denver Broncos. Hopefully he has a good game. This one's fascinating. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs minus three, total 48 and a half. Matt Rose, what are you taking? I'm going Chiefs minus, we moved it to two and a half or minus three? Three. Minus three, I'm taking the Chiefs. Nevertheless, doesn't change anything for me. Listen, Mahomes lost last week, but so did the 49ers. The only difference is Mahomes lost to a contender. Um, I think that this is going to be a game where the Chiefs bounce back. Last time they played the 49ers, they were underdogs by a point and a half. They ended up winning the game 19-16. to 16. You're asking me for three points against the 49ers who had trouble handling Marcus Mariota and the Falcon. I'm going to ride with uh, Patty Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Chiefs minus three. There'll be a bunch of oh, Super Bowl 55 rematch. You'll hear it, you know, all week. Uh, but, you know, I think this, I like the under in this one, 48 and a half. I think Ooh, both teams, okay. bo- both teams play really good defense. They're going to run the ball. I think it's going to be a similar style to that Bills Chiefs game we saw this past weekend. I'm thinking like a 2017 style game, but not a bad 2017 game. A game where, you know, comes right down to the wire. Give me that under because both teams. I, I'm impressed by both teams. I just like the number. I, I know the the Niners have a championship caliber defense, but they've suffered some key injuries there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I gotta take them getting the three points at home just based on they can keep things close. And this feels like a letdown spot for the Chiefs. You let that game against the Bills yeah. slip away. It's an out of conference game on the road in San Francisco. Chiefs win this game, maybe. But I do like the Niners getting the three points. I think Jimmy G can have some success 
against that Kansas City secondary. I don't love this game, but I will take the Niners getting the three points. All right, let's wrap things up. Believe it or not, this is the Sunday nighter. Hmm. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Miami Dolphins. Miami minus seven, the total 44 and a half. What do you got for this game that everybody's going to be complaining about yet watching the entire thing? <laughs> I'm going to take the Finns here. Um, I'm not a huge fan of what the Steelers are doing this year. Feels like a lot of pieces that they're trying to figure out. Are you part of the solution long term? Are you not? Do we have to move you out? Do we have to replace mm-hmm. you with somebody? It's one of those years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, seven points, the return of Tua. I feel like this is the type of thing where it's just had so much fanfare the whole team is aware of it, that this is going to be the type of thing, especially if you're the offensive line where you're saying this is a big spot for us to go out and support our star. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go Steelers uh, covering that seven. Kenny Pickett could play. I think obviously he's the better of the two quarterbacks. If he can get back, I know two will be back as well. So you're hoping that Dolphins offense can get back to where it was uh, in the first uh, couple weeks of the season. Uh, similar injuries on both defenses are just... A lot of injuries on both sides of this, uh, the teams here. And they're honoring the 50th anniversary of the 72 Dolphins. Uh, so that'll be a big uh, thing. Larry Zonko, Mercury Morris, they'll be all, we're still undefeated. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, no, I like the Steelers to cover that number. Uh, I think this is going to be a sloppy primetime game. I'm going to take the under yeah. on this one. That's not super sexy, but you know the under is... 45-19-1 in Pittsburgh's last 65 road games. It, I saw a stat. It was the, if you had bet on the under every day, you would be up like a disgusting amount of y- units. Like yeah, 10 bucks course. had turned into like 1,500. Um, the under is also 11-5 and five in Miami's last 16 games overall. I think 44 and a half is a lot of points in this game. Tua coming back mm. from that concussion. I guess Mr. Trubisky is going to start. For the Steelers, hmm. um, or is it? We we'll might see. see some Kenny Pickett. It, it, we don't it, really it, know yet. But game time. Either way, uh, I think it's going to be very, very low scoring. All right, picks are in. Shoot us a text nine sixty nine sixty. Who you riding with, producer Pat? Somebody's got to pick me because I ain't picking a random. Uh, Maddie Rose <laughs> or myself. Uh, you have your chance to win a John Carter Opeechi hockey card. Uh, by the way, John Carter in his rookie year in eighty five eighty six. Three games played, no goals, no assists, no points, no penalty. Man. I'd be like me. But you get this beauty uh, of a card that you could potentially win if you pick the right pony. Uh, our Sportsnet, uh, our Sports Select bets, NFL big bets, are brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues, and for a limited time, better odds and over-under and point spread. Build your ticket at sportsselect.com. All right. Uh, still taking your text at 960-960. We heard news yesterday that potentially uh, a new arena or at least a deal towards a new arena is maybe happening. Uh, what something fun and creative you like to see at the new bar? 960, 960, name and location. Uh, but first, uh, it's something we like to do on Thursdays. We like to send our uh, our technical director, the young, fine young gentleman that he is, intrepid Alex Brody out there to get to put his finger on the pulse of the Calgary sports fan. Mm-hmm. Um, right on the neck. We we he decided to you know I'm going to go to the dome before Flames game before the Golden Knights and Flames game and I'm going to get a ton of uh, a ton of takes on on what what the people are are, are thinking what, how they feel and the question we wanted to ask uh, the listeners or just the people of Calgary what's the one fun activity you like to do with head coach Daryl Sutter? Easy enough. Seems a little fluffy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Places you could go all over the map with that. Um, Alex, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping this, this is, this is, this is good. I'm, 
we're ready to launch this thing. I'm excited. Are you excited to to share your your work with the world? Yeah, I'm pumped. Like compared to last week, like I had like I had almost triple digits of responses to work with here. Um, so like I had to cut a lot, which is you know this is how it is. Well, that's but, good. Yeah, um, champagne problems. Floor. Yeah, yeah, champagne problems. But, I like it. All right. Well, without further ado, it's another edition of Brody on the Beat. Let's do it. What is up? It's Alex, technical producer of The Big Show with Russick and Rose, and today we are back for another edition of Brody on the Beat. Today's question, what would you do if you could take Daryl Sutter on any activity? Crazy roller coaster to see if I get a smile on his face. <laughs> Shopping for clothes at Holt Renfrew. Down the luge. I'd like to see him actually grin. It's got to be horseback riding. I think maybe a little bit of snowboarding. Oh, God, lobster fishing in Nova Scotia. Oh, I love that. Do you think he'd be natural at it? Oh, no, he'd be as he'd be seasick. Paintball. It, you know what? He does everything well. So, yeah, I think he would be pretty good. But it'd be nice to shoot him. Oh, it's got to be moving cows. I want to see that man work the ranch for sure. I take him on my boat out to Ghost Dam and show him a beautiful uh, ride in the middle of the day on a fall day going to the cove. Oh, boy. And just kind of hang out and chill him out a little bit. I'd want him to join him on his farm and work the farm with him. i got to see what that guy says at trivia. I think that'd be pretty hilarious. <laughs> Go-karting. I think he'd be crazy on it. And it would be excited. Be on my curling team this weekend. He'll be skip <laughs> hunting. You think he'd be pretty good? I think he probably knows how. Yeah, yeah and he'd, he'd teach me a thing or two. Whitewater rafting. Yeah. Maybe I'd get a reaction yeah, other than sounds, just that dour sour like face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be a good little uh, pub rum, maybe, eh? Imagine Daryl Sauter out there doing a little pub run. Just want to ask him like how his childhood was and how things went when he was playing hockey. You want to get deep with Daryl, eh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Wow. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. I enjoyed the guy going, I was taking him on my boat. <laughs> I'm glad he said I've had the- about seven beers before I got out of the dough. I'd take him out on a boat, show him a good time, <laughs> show him a good time. maybe have a couple of drinks. <laughs> I like that he said in the middle of the day because I thought yeah, he was, was going to say in the middle of the night, and I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> um, I, I, I liked it, Alex. Uh, I thought it was well done. A lot of people want to kind of get him somewhere exhilarating. They hey? want to see him smile. want to see him yeah. pack a grin. The luge, a roller coaster, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Clothes shopping at Holt Renfro, that White would be water nice. Ra- yeah, she, she sounded yeah, she's like she doesn't specific. love the suits, hey? She yeah. doesn't love the wardrobe, apparently. She, she would like to take him shopping. So, uh, good job. Uh, I, I like that. I, th- I think that was really good. What should we do for next week? Because I think, mm. Alex, you need to really go out there and really get a hard-hitting uh, Flames question to our the people of Calgary. Mm. And I think maybe... How long do you think the leash is of Tyler Toffoli on the top line? Oh yeah, okay. I think. I think. Real... Do you think that works? Do you think we could really get some good responses it's a on that? Broad, like, don't you want to go somewhere a little more niche? Like, uh, when is Adam Rizich going to play his first game with the Flames? Okay, no. I like that too. Pardon me. Who's yeah, we'll we'll workshop it and we'll send Alex out next week. So yeah. keep if you're walking around city, especially the downtown core. Next week, Wednesday or Tuesday, you might see Alex with his Sportsnet 960 gear and his Sportsnet 960 microphone. Come by and say hi and give him a response. That'll be hard to miss me. Yeah. I'll so, make it hard to miss me. So, Alex, we're, we're looking forward to it. I, I enjoyed that. So, next week, um, we want you to stick closer to the downtown studio uh, to get a little more train stations, alleyways. Yeah. Like, that's... A little more character. Under the bridge. Yeah, we love that you went to the Dome and got some very enthusiastic people who are willing to talk to you. But we also want to get the real Calgarian 
perspective on the Calgary Flames. Yeah. So I think we'll do that next week. Straight ahead, the franchise, Eric Francis here from Sportsnet, Sportsnet 960, the fan. He's going to pimp his pizza pig out, and then we'll talk to Russ Tucker, NFL analyst for CBS Sports, and, of course, the Russ Tucker podcast. All straight ahead, it's the big show, Rusk and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.